0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Political parties in Malaysia can be very confusing. Last week, we took a look at the parties in Peninsula Malaysia and unpacked their history and ideologies. But what about our neighbours in the East? What are the likes of Warisan and GPS all about? And why do independent candidates stand a higher chance of winning in the East than they do here in the West? I'm Dashran Johan, and this is Today I Learned. Joining me on the show today is Oh San, he's a senior fellow at the Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Welcome back to the show San. Let's start with GPS, um, the, the currently the biggest coalition in Sarawak. Um, it is led by Abang Abdul Rahman Johari, more po- commonly known as Abang Joe, and um, currently GPS holds 18 seats in parliament. Um, but this is a fairly new coalition, isn't it, ASAN, um, um, which only re- officially registered in November 2018. What led to the, the formation of this coalition? Thank you.
0: Well, of course, uh, this is a very new coalition uh, registered, uh, I think, a few months after the historic change of federal government in 2018. But the major component parties in these uh, GPS coalitions, they are not new In fact, they have a very uh, long-standing history. I think the reason they decided, for example, not to join the new, at that time, uh, Pakatan Harappan government, but instead uh, sort of form a coalition of their own, uh, was because uh, then, as of now, they simply could not uh, work well together with both uh, DAP and PKR. Uh, which have uh, some uh, states and parliamentary uh, seats in uh, Sarawak. So, for example, if they were to join the uh, then Pakatan coalition, then, well, uh, who are going to be allocated certain seats uh, in which they have been contesting each other would it be some of the gps component parties or would it be let's say dap or pKr so they could not uh, get uh, together uh, in, in terms of uh, dealing with uh, pki dap that's why they formed their coalition yeah
1: and, and what is this coalition's um, social and economic ideology I, i'm curious because um they are, um, you know, they were part of um, Barisan to a certain extent and then now they have pledged their support um, to Perikatan National, uh, you know, Perikatan 1.0 and then 2.0 and things like that. Um, so what is this coalition's um, ideology?
0: Well, uh, practically speaking and realistically speaking, nowadays uh, they are not so much uh, delineated uh, in terms of ideology. Then, in terms of, let's say, uh, some sort of division along communal uh, lines. You have uh, the PBB uh, party, for example, Party uh, Bersaka uh, uh, Bersatu Bumiputra, for example. Uh, they are the, the leading and the major party within this uh, coalition, and they are consisting of uh, both uh, Muslim as well as non-Muslim Uh, Bumiputras of uh, Sarawak. And then you have uh, SUPP, Sarawak United People's Party, mostly uh, Chinese uh, base, but uh, they have, uh, for example, uh, Richard Riot, uh, who is the only MP, right, who is not uh, Chinese. You have on the other hand, for example, I think it's called uh, Sarawak uh, People's Democratic Progressive Party or something like that, uh, which is uh, which has most of its membership being, uh, I think, Dayak's or IBAN's, but the president is none other than Tiong King Singh, who is Chinese. Uh, and then you have, of course, party, Rakyat Sarawak, which is primarily IBAN-based with downstream. Uh, Gems uh, Massing leading it. So I don't think they sort of distinguish themselves in terms of the ideologies. It's more like uh, they take care of the major communities in in, uh, Sarawak, or at least they claim to represent the major communities uh, in Sarawak. But as you could see, uh, they usually don't represent only one communities right there'll be a mix of uh, uh, bumiputras who are both uh, muslims and non-muslims even chinese uh, in some or most of these parties here yeah.
1: so when you say um you know the likes of gps they 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 don't really have a good working relationships um with um harapan component parties namely um DAP and PKR i'm wondering when it comes to the landscape of uh, political landscape of sarawak and also to uh, to a larger extent sabah whether it mirrors that of peninsula malaysia and and what i mean by that is peninsula also um if we you know like like we discussed last week, it's it's less about uh, socio economic ideologies, but rather you know in Peninsula, it's this whole idea whether it's a, a Malaysia for Malaysians, you know, for all races and uh, religions, uh, versus um, a Malay Muslim um uh, dominant Malaysia. Um, is that the same? Um, in, uh, in in this case, like when we talk about Sarawak, is it the same there where on the one side you have um, there, of course, in Sarawak, it's not necessarily Malay Muslim, but it's more, you know, um, communal like you said, versus the other side, which is more, you know, for everyone, um, in, more inclusive? Uh,
0: no, I, I, I don't think so. The, and here I would like to paraphrase I think the former Chief Minister of Sarawak, now mm-hmm. the the governor, I think he said, in Sarawak, we practice a development politics. I think that is a more appropriate terms. Uh, granted, all these GPS component parties, they represent uh, various uh, communities. But as I said, uh, they represent across communal lines, right? So the, uh, you have less of this uh, so, sort of uh, communal confrontations uh, as is prevalent in uh, Malaya, uh, you you don't have that uh, in both Sabah and uh, Sarawak. Uh, You have very little uh, of that. What you have instead, uh, it's uh, um, some of these uh, ruling parties, which have been uh, incumbent for many, many years, they are very much entrenched and they control all the developmental resources, uh, infrastructural developments and so on. So, uh, as you know, also in Sabah and Sarawak, they are very remote uh, regions, right, where there are voters and so on. So all these uh, major incumbent parties, in a sense, they adopted... Or they uh, they were able to lay out the infrastructures and so on for these uh, very remote communities, and thereby they expect these communities to reward them with uh, their their votes. Whereas uh, parties such as uh, PKR and uh, and DAP, of course, they are more uh, in fact they are more ideologically uh, minded. They would they would say they would uh, uh, propose ideas such as well the the government uh, It's a government's duties, uh, whether state or federal, to develop your regions, right? Mm. And you should not be expected to uh, to reward the parties, uh, the incumbent parties with your votes. So it's more that kind of confrontations. It's not racial or religious uh, in nature. It's like uh, development politics on the one hand and on the other hand, more ideologically oriented politics.
1: Yeah. What can you tell us about um, Abang Joe, the chief of GPS. Um, what is his? What has been his journey in politics? And does he lean uh, more progressive or, or conservative? How how does it fit in within the you know the uh-huh. political spectrum? Um, like you were talking about of Sarawak, this whole development politics.
0: Well, uh, in Sabah and Sarawak, we tend to be more practical, right? We are either <laughs> conservative or, or uh, liberal. Abang Joe has seen his uh, political careers uh, going up and down over the years. He is, of course, the son of a former, I think, perhaps one of the founding fathers of uh, Malaysia, Tun uh, Haji uh, Openg, who was mm-hmm. also a former... Uh, I think, the uh, governor of Sarawak. But uh, his political career has not been very smooth. It's in such a way that for many, many years, under the Pehintun um, uh, Tait Mahmud uh, mm-hmm. Abang Zhou actually was elected as the first vice president of the party. Namely, he garnered uh, the most votes and so on. But he was uh, never appointed to very high governmental positions. For example, when uh, Tun Mahmud wanted to step down, uh, Tun Tai uh, appointed, uh, at that time, uh, Adenan Sadam to be his uh, successor, overtaking the, uh, uh, Abang Zhou, who had a uh, larger uh, uh, share of party votes in the party elections and so on. But, of course, after Adenan passed away, uh, you know, Abang Zhou took over, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history.
1: Ayesan, yeah. when we look at countries such as um, New Zealand, right, um, parties um, that cater to the indigenous communities usually they tend to lean left. They want to challenge the unequal system. They want to challenge the old power. Why does it seem optic wise at least um, that? In Sarawak, this party, the, the biggest co- coalition that represents um, the indigenous communities, um, that they are more willing to partner up with a center-right um, coal- federal coalition rather than a center-left federal coalition. I'm, I'm wondering, is it more of um, just who they can work with better or if it's more to do with their ideologies, i.e. center-left, center-right?
0: I think uh, the short answer is because they themselves are centre-right, mm-hmm. at least uh, socioeconomically economically if not uh, politically. And uh, you have to uh, note that, of course, in Sabah and Sarawak, uh, which uh, you know still require a lot of developments, we have uh, this uh, term called, I think it's called uh, resource uh, curse in developmental economics, uh, whereby in the in in places like such as uh, in Sabah and Sarawak and many african and south american countries where you have uh, where you are very rich in resources so you have uh, then the parties uh, which are sort of monopolize politics and uh, make sure that they have the largest share of uh, all this uh, natural wealth and uh, in the process uh, they might uh, sort of um, distribute some of this, uh, well, very little of these minerals and uh, other sorts of wealth uh, to their populations, which uh, still look forward to a lot of developments, and thereby they stay power in that way. They would have the giant share of uh, all these uh, wonderful resources, but in the process, they might uh, distribute some to the local populations in return for uh, all this uh, electoral support. And I think that is what is going on in uh, Sarawak. And they don't like this kind of more socialist-minded, uh, uh, shall we say, DAP and PKR, uh, You know who would then, uh, in a sense, destroy uh, all the uh, goodies accumulated over the years. So very naturally, they would line themselves up, especially with unknown, which has a similar mindset
1: why is there uh, no Sarawak-based opposition party, Aysan? And uh, what I mean by that is uh, something akin to Warisan, which we'll talk about um, a little later. Um, because the strongest opposition party um, in, Saraw- in Sarawak are, you know, uh, uh, peninsula-based parties um, like DAP, followed by PKR. So why is there no uh, a response to GPS um, from is from a Sarawak a Sarawak grassroots party themselves?
0: Well, because uh, they were co-opted. SUPP, which is a major component party of uh, GPS, was previously uh, an opposition party, if I remember correctly, in the 1960s, for example. But very soon, uh, some of their leaders, and I will be blunt in this, even though I have a lot of good friends in SUPP, were tempted and they joined the government. So the temptation of... uh, you know, material wealth and so on, uh, which again testifies to this notion of uh, resource curse. I think is very prominent in both Sabah and Sarawak. If you're opposition, I would buy you over with uh, you know promises of wealth and uh, various uh, ministerial positions. In the 1980s, uh, Sarawak had a very strange arrangement. Uh, at the state level, the uh, party Dayak-Sarawak, uh, Dayak they, they are actually opposition party. But its president, uh, Leo Mogi, at the federal level, is actually part of BN. Huh? So at the federal level, they are component parties together. At Sarawak level, they are, you know, like uh, across the political uh, divide. So diverse, <laughs> such uh, uh, indigenous uh, opposition parties But very often they are, uh, shall we say, uh, co-opted into the ruling coalition.
1: Does it seem like parties, um, non GPS parties in 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 Sarawak, um, particular peninsula-based ones like uh, GAP and PKR, um, that they have only gotten weaker in Sarawak if we compare, like, let's say, the 2011 state elections to. Twenty sixteen. Is it a fair assessment that GPS um, and all this this new coalition um, is only getting stronger in, in Sarawak?
0: Well, I think that there was this Adenant factor. After I think more than twenty something years of uh, of uh, stewardship by the Tun uh, Taif, I think by the time the Adenan took over, if I remember correctly, two thousand let's say fourteen or fifteen. Uh, there was this euphoria of uh, finally having changed uh, 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 chief minister. And Adenan Saddam uh, was a very inspiring figure, the way he talked and, and so on. So I think in the last state election, a lot of Sarawakians were willing to give him a chance and thereby they rewarded him with a huge uh, majority at the detriment, of course, of DAP uh, of, uh, and uh, PKR. Uh, number one, whether this sort of uh, rather miraculous uh, 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 election results could be replicated in the coming state elections, I think that remains to be seen especially with respect to some of those uh, seats uh, held by uh, SUPP because they are more urban uh, seats Um, uh, also uh, I think um, Abang Joe inherited that sort of Sarawak first, Sarawak for Sarawakians' uh, slogans from uh, uh, Adenant, and uh, we've increased allocation of, uh, albeit, uh, you know, actually not so much uh, resources to the rural communities and so on, they might still retain huge support among the rural, less developed communities in Sarawak.
1: On the show with me today is O A San, Senior Fellow at the Singapore Institute of International Affairs. After the break, I'll be asking him about Sarawak politics and the rise of regionalism in East Malaysia. We'll be back with more on Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Today I Learned. I'm Dashran Johan, and on the show with me today is O A San. He's a Senior Fellow at the Singapore Institute of International Affairs, and he's helping me unpack the complexities of East Malaysian political parties. So, Ehsan, things are a little different in when it comes to the political landscape um, of Sabah because we do have a new and s- relatively strong opposition party, Sabah-based opposition party, and that is Warisan. Um, but as I mentioned, even Warisan is a, is a fairly new party, only coming um, to be before the 2018 general elections. Why did Shafi Abdal decide to start Warisan? What is his journey like?
0: Well, Shafi Abdaad uh, was a federal minister for many, many years, if I recall correctly, more than 20 years. So he made his political career mostly at the federal level. I think uh, he has been many different uh, ministries. He has been heading many different uh, ministries uh, over the years. But uh, of course, in 2015, he fell out with uh, Najib because uh, he did not quite agree with all the shenanigans (laughs) associated with MNPB, right? Right. So both uh, Shafi uh, and also Muhidin Yassin were fired from the cabinet. Muhidin Yassin, being uh, Malayan, uh, would of course still have that kind of uh, Malay-first, as he admitted so, uh, mentality. So when Dr. Mahathir formed his, well, uh, Malay-centric Bersatu Party, Uhuddin went and joined uh, Dr. Mahathir. But Shafi Abdao is different. To be blunt about it, Shafi Abdao is no doubt a very devout uh, Muslim, but he's not a Malay. If you ask Shafi Abdaw, are you a Malay? Of course, you answer you uh, straight away, no, I'm not a Malay, but I'm a Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. So the, and, and also, you need to understand that his base is in Sabah. And uh, in as, as we said, in Sabah and Sarawak, yes, we do have parties uh, representing the various communities, but very often they represent across communities, right? So Shafi Abdao would have to a- 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 adapt to that as-, as well, even though he joined Amno and so on. And therefore, he decided to form um, uh, uh, Warisan, which is a multi-racial party, granted most of them are, are Muslim uh, Bumi Putras. But you see, for example, after the 2018 uh, elections, right? When Wari uh, uh, Warisan formed a coalition government with, uh, with uh, Pakatan Harapan, they were allocated three cabinet seats at the federal level. And Shafi Abdal, even though most of his MPs are you know, Muslim Bumiputras, he makes sure that these three cabinet seats one is held by a Muslim Bumiputra, the tourism minister. Another was held by uh, Christian Bumiputra, that's uh, Daryl, Daryl Liking, the Mithi minister. And the other one was held by Chinese, uh, the late uh, V.K. Liu, the, the the law minister, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you see, so he went out of his way to make sure that uh, his party would uh, exude a multi-racial uh, outlook in order to uh, continue uh, winning supports among the various communities in Sabah, yeah.
1: Is that his personal politics too? Because I'm wondering, um, Shafi Abdal was with Amno and Barisa National for many years. Um, that is where he built his political career. Within the Barisa National Coalition, uh, back in the day, was Shafi Abdal more of a nationalist? Um, as we see uh, many members of Barisan National or AMNO to be, or was he at that point part of the so called um, progressive um, factions in AMNO?
0: Well, he was more to be blunt about it, uh, a compromise figure. Right. You, you see, number one, uh, after AMNO extended to Sabah, I think in the early 1990s, Sabah, I think, has emerged to be. Uh, I think the second largest in terms of AMNO memberships and uh, and divisions and so on uh, within Malaysia, I think just uh, next to uh, let's say Johor. So, uh, but in West Malaysia, of course, the AMNO infighting uh, is uh, very uh, has always been very intense, right? So sometimes when you have let's say two camps, uh, you know, fighting each other. And uh, well, the compromise figure is Shafi Abdul, somebody from uh, Sabah <laughs> and uh, somewhat perceived to be harmless, right? That's why in, I think, quite a few rounds of Amno party elections, you know, Amnor has three vice presidents, right? You need to be voted into these positions. I think in several rounds, he was actually the highest vote get Getters uh, uh, among the various uh, contenders for the VP post uh, in Amno. So yeah, so he he, I think he still retains a lot of Amno base actually, but of course, he main base is still back in Sabah.
1: Yeah, an has announced um recently, right, that it will no longer just be a Sabah-based party, but a, a Malaysian party as a whole. Uh, why was this decision made, Aysan? Because at the time of um you know post um GE fourteen um when Warisan won eight seats um it, it seemed like they would you know go on to be perhaps or, or they had the uh they they could potentially potentially become um the Sabah version. Of GPS, where they are the Sabah strong, they perhaps their numbers grow even bigger and things like that. So, what was the, why was the decision to, um, you know, be, just move away from Sabah into a Malaysia uh, as a whole party? What, what was the logic behind that decision? Well,
0: there are of course uh, both inspirational as well as practical uh, uh reasons, uh. Mm-hmm. uh well, you might remember Shafi's uh, election uh, slogan uh, during the last Sabah state election, as well as I think it, it, it dates back to even the previous uh, national elections, let's say in uh, 2018. Namely, uh, he said uh, something to the effect that uh, we are here to build a nation. Not a particular race or religion. That's right, and and that was emblazoned uh, over many many uh, of these uh, billboards uh, at all the major traffic intersections of Kota Kinabalu and uh, beyond. So, the, yeah, I think he, he, he has always had this vision of uh, number one, Sabah be multiracial and therefore we should have a multiracial government. And uh, therefore, by extension, Malaysia being a multiracial country, Sabah should show its way. And if possible, we will, make, we will try to make Malaysia to have a multiracial uh, government as well. And, and I think that's very noble. But of course, there are more pragmatic or practical uh, reasons to that. Brandly speaking, um, Sh- Shafi Abdao's uh, Warisan Party has been painted uh, successfully by the previous uh, ruling coalition, namely BN and all of uh, BN's uh, government machineries. Uh, in the minds of uh, Christian Sabahans or, or the Kadazan Murud Dusun uh, communities as a party of, uh, to put it even more bluntly, illegal immigrants of Filipino migrants or undocumented uh, people, just because Shafi Adal, uh, his ancestry might be similar to some of theirs, but of course he's a Sabahan true and true. And I think that sort of brainwashing has been so successful that, uh, well, it came through in the last uh, state uh, election whereby a lot of these Kadazan Dusun murut community leaders and so on, uh, they would champion Sabah for Sabahans and and, and other slogans. But at the end of the day, their their voters would vote for this uh, Malayan, uh, uh, shall we say, race-based party such as Amno, such as, uh, what is this, uh, Bersatu and so on. So that shows you how strong it is uh, in, in Sabah, this sort of brand washing has been going on. So, well, uh, Shafi Abdal would then have to open up his, uh, I think nowadays we call it Blue Ocean or Green Field, right? Uh, and uh, I think he thought that he will find um, receptive audience in West Malaysia for his more multiracial uh, brands, especially among the urban uh, voters, yeah.
1: You, you touched on it, but let's dive into it a little bit more why hasn't warisan uh, you know been able to penetrate the rural communities in sabah um you know and and that's the interesting part right people um just from a purely optics perspective um people tend to say that oh uh, Malaya or peninsula malaysia is it's very uh, polarized you know there's loads of racial tensions and and people always vote uh, vote along racial lines um and so the the it just from a from an ideal perspective, it would seem that you know in a place like Sabah, a party which champions um you know multiculturalism and, and all sorts uh and you know uh, that goes beyond a race based politics um that with all sorts of catchy slogans like that, they should be able to win win the hearts and minds of Sabahans, but they couldn't. And, and in fact, like you mentioned um. Um, that you know in the previous state elections um the the Parikata National Coalition uh, managed to win and this is despite the Parikata National Coalition also having passed well within the party right at least as, especially on a federal level Um, it's you know this sort of um, you know having passed in the coalition and all on the surface at least it seems like you know the idea when it comes to ideology and all of that it's so diametrically opposed to everything um, what people perceive um, Sabahans to stand for so where's the disconnect here I'm wondering if it's just a matter of brainwashing like you brought up or is that Particular issues and needs by the the whether it's the KDM community or other rural communities that Pakatan Harapan don't seem to be addressing.
0: I think the, your your needs and issues and so on could be boiled down to one word, namely money, or more extensively, money politics. Uh, by last year, uh, you know, the Perikatan side, they've already been in power for quite a few months. And, uh, you know, the federal machinery was very effective uh, in rolling out uh, various uh, either promises or straightaway handouts of uh, developmental needs to let us be polite in our, in our choice of terms. here, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and also they were successful in shifting uh, the fear of uh, the creeping Islamization in Sabah uh, away from the uh, BN slash PN side to uh, the Waristan side because um, you know th- these are very intertwined uh, issues. The federal government has been, uh, um, I-, I think, engineering the, over the years this sort of project M and so on. As a result, there are a lot of document- undocumented people in the Sabah but somehow that blame is uh, shifted to, uh, to, to, to Warisan quite uh, successfully. And as a result, uh, um, Morrison could not penetrate the, what we call the Kadazan heartlands. Uh. Mm. So both money and brainwashing, I think, are very much in play in the last Sabah State election.
1: When we talk about the Karazan Duson Murud community or KDM community, um, one party that we perhaps need to take a look at is APCO. Um, APCO was was once part of Barisan National with a decent hole in the KDM community in Sabah. Um, However, in the 2018 elections, um, which they only won one MP seat, um, after the, the elections, they decided to leave Barisa National and, and join Pakatan Harapan. Um, did they have a change in mindset or ideology? Or is this also like, you know, our entire discussion today and, and uh, last week, um, just a, a marriage of convenience, um, something to do more with strategy rather than something that they are fighting for at the core?
0: Well, it's always a combination of all these wonderful reasons, right? <laughs> my, my my friend uh, Wilfred Tangao might not like what I say, but I have to say <laughs> so. Uh, of course, uh, under Wilfred Tangao, uh, well, APCO has always been also uh, at least nominally a multi-racial uh, party, uh, Kadazan-based, with Chinese, and so on. But I think the Wilfred Tangao has been uh, pushing the the multi. Uh, cultural aspect of it uh, quite hard over the last few years and I have to give him credit for it but uh, what was the origin of uh, shall we say the modern version of APCO, there was the old version of APCO with Tunfat Stevens and so on but the modern version was because in 1994 Amno uh, wanted to destroy the uh, PBS state government in Sabah, therefore they uh, engineered the, the jumping of uh, of uh, several PBS uh, members, uh, including the, some of the former chief ministers and so on, and they formed this uh, APCO uh, party. Huh? It has then, uh, it has since then been a component party of uh, Barisan National. In the 2018, I think, the APCO saw that, uh, uh, um, what is this, Pakatan is coming to power And, uh, well, they switched their allegiance over to uh, Pakatan side so that they remain part of the uh, government.
1: One thing you touched on earlier is this idea um, of regionalism. Sarawak for Sarawakians, um, Sabah for Sabahans. That's something else we have heard also. There's been a rise of regionalism in in East Malaysia in recent years. What has contributed to, to this rise in the East?
0: Well, some might say, uh, you know, it's because we have been unfairly treated over the years and so on. And now as people are more educated, they felt that they should fight for their rights. I have sympathy on that line of, uh, of uh, argument. And I, I think many years ago, I believe in that. But uh, nowadays, I tend more to believe uh, it's actually drummed up by the powers that be in Sabah and Sarawak such that, uh, well, because they, have, they could not offer something better uh, in terms of uh, um, uh, more advanced developments and so on to the electorate. So they would use these kind of slogans to drum up support, mainly for the uh, incumbent parties, especially in uh, Sarawak. Yeah. I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for, for these sort of slogans nowadays because I think they're very self-serving. Uh, the same leaders who shouted for you know uh, Bornean, uh, Borneo for Borneans and so on, they would then uh, join these uh, Malayan parties and become ministers and enriching themselves and so on. So I have no more sympathy for them or their slogans.
1: Right. One thing that is very interesting about Sabah Sarawak politics is how slightly less important, a a party's logo maybe when compared to Peninsula, right? Because when we look at Peninsula politics, most people say, um, and and the evidence um seemed to suggest as such at least until um 2018 that you know when it comes to elections there's nothing stronger than a party's logo um regardless of who you field or, or anything for example in 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 uh, peninsula malaysia uh, many say that in in certain seats you could have filled uh, field a squirrel put a squirrel there with with a PKR logo and and they would have won um but in sabah and Sarawak, it is not uncommon to see independent candidates Candidates winning, which is very, very, very uncommon in, in Peninsula Malaysia. Why is this so? Uh, let's
0: not read uh, too much uh, uh, positive side into it. It's basically <laughs> uh, due to uh, this sort of, uh, shall we say, uneven uh, allocation of uh, seats among component parties. Uh, for example, let's say this particular seat is a PBS uh, stronghold, right? But uh, during seat uh, negotiation with your fellow component parties in the ruling coalition, somehow this seat is allocated to STAR. Uh, well, in theory, then all the component parties should support STAR's candidate. But of course, let's say you are not willing to do so. So you would uh, actually support a so called independent candidate, which actually is fully financed by you then, uh, you know, this candidate would then go ahead uh, possibly winning that seat over the official candidate by another party in your same coalition. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right. So it's more to do with uh, infighting and and a lack of organization. That's right.
0: It's not as if that particular candidate has, uh, you know, has been servicing the community for a long time. and It's a very upright person and so on.
1: There was a point, Isan, where Sabah and Sarawak were considered equal partners in in this federation of Malaysia. Um, of course, um that that ship has long sailed over the years. Um, Sabah and Sarawak have been reduced to states, but things seem to be changing in recent times. Um. MA63 has become the forefront of many political debates. Um, Yes, even when we look at recent weeks and days, right? Do you think Sabah and Sarawak have gotten stronger in that sense? Um, Now that politics is incre- incredibly fragmented in Peninsula and nobody can just claim to have the majority easily, does this give room um, to Sabah and Sarawak to become Actual legitimate kingmakers with um, demands that um, Malayan party, whoever forms the government, have to fulfill, as we perhaps may be seeing a little bit of um, with uh, with Sarawak and their handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. I
0: frankly think uh, the federal deep state, for lack of a better phrase, uh, is extremely cunning in handling this. In theory, of course, uh, the federal government would uh, rise or fall with uh, the support of either uh, MPs from Sabah or Sarawak, right? In reality, of course, you see these uh, MPs, uh, you know, so very often they think more about their self-interest. Huh? And the federal deep state is very good in, the, in the either encouraging or shall we say threatening them to, to support uh, whichever the power that be at the federal level. So I don't give a lot of credence about this, this thing about fighting for Sabah and Sarawak's uh, rights. I, I, I'm cynical, but uh, I have seen enough to be cynical.
1: Well, that is a cynical take indeed, but you know, I I guess we do need people like you um who will pull us all back down to reality and and don't let us get carried away. On that note, Aisan, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you. I've been speaking to O.A. Sun. He's a senior fellow at the Singapore Institute of International Affairs. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can check out the podcast on the BFM app, bfm.my, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Today I Learned, BFM 89.9.